rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Okay, hello everybody. What's going on? People are already complaining in the chat room. Wonderful. I'm sorry there's not enough people in the chat room for you. What can you do? This is what happens when you don't have a set time, a set show. I ask you to become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Then maybe we will. There'll be so many people in there, you won't be able to find any room. You'll be like, excuse me, pardon me. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you all for hanging out. We meet every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Please give the show a good review on iTunes and keep coming back. It works if you work it, so work it. You're worth it and live it. And... Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin so we can have a show. You want the liberal media to continue? Then this is how it is. We need the support of the listeners. You have to meet us halfway. Otherwise, there won't be a liberal media. You're looking at it. Yeah, it makes me, it it gives me a, a sense of dread and despair that, yeah, it's a struggle. And it's not an overnight thing either. So we're building the show. We're doing as many shows as possible so we can get the word out. And hopefully one day there'll be more people. But you, 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 I blame you. I blame you, okay? Who Who's complaining in the chat room? Oh, Covert White Rabbit. I blame you, Covert White Rabbit, for not bringing five friends to the chat room tonight. Right? Bring your friends. Invite them. We'll have more people there. That's how it goes. I can't do it all alone. I'm only one human goddamn being. Not a human doing I have to sleep sometime. I wish I didn't have to sleep because I got a lot of work to do. That's probably why I'm such a bitch. Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. As always, Jim has some appreciation. Well, I'm I'm not feeling appreciated. (laughs) I don't know. I'm very touchy, in case you haven't noticed. So... I need to work on that in my therapy. What does it matter? I really need to develop a thicker skin. Sometimes it depends. It depends on the day and everything else. It's sort of like drip, 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 drips in the bucket. Some days I'm just like, whatever. Other days I'm like, eh. Constantly talking myself into giving up. But I don't. I don't give up because that's bullshit. You got to keep going and do it anyway. So regardless, I do it anyway. All right, whether you like it or not. 
Well, thank you for being here. So, it's official. Okay? Sorry to tell you all, but the United States is officially the worst. Yeah, we got this we got the stats. United States is ranked the worst country one of the worst, excuse me. Um, one of the worst countries in the world to raise a family. Uh, you know who's best? Norway and Iceland. The U.S. was ranked 34th out of 35 in comparison of the world's biggest economies. Factors include safety, cost of living, happiness, education, and work-life balance. This is from the Independent of the UK. Britain only came in 23rd. But that's a hell of a lot higher than the United States. We're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. As the UK, uh, as the Daily Mail, I'm sorry, reports. But it's not just the Daily Mail. This is all over the place. I just happened to grab that. Where the hell's the other article? Wait a minute. What else did I... I forget it. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow we're going to have Greg Palast on the show. So hopefully you can make it. And my chat room isn't sparse and embarrassing when Greg shows up. We got to pretend like people want to watch the show. So everybody look busy when he gets here. And on Sunday... Let's see, where is the information? I'm going on, I'm going to be on FYI Nation. Thomas, remember Thomas used to produce this show until he couldn't do it anymore? Let me see. That was a long time ago. I used to be on that FYI Nation. Wait a minute. Audio activism. I think it's Sunday. Now I'm... I, I'm sorry, guys. I'll find out exactly. There's a thing. He's, we're trying to support other liberal media shows. I'll get all the information. I can't seem to locate it. And I know Thomas is probably annoyed hearing this, but I am very sorry. This is what happens when your show isn't... Um, when your show is intimately attended, <laughs> covert white rabbit is like, why did I even say that? You'll never live it down. What the fuck? Anyway, I'm lo I can't find the email. Sorry. All right, let's get back to work. USA sucks. Yeah, where was I? It is the officially the worst place to raise a family. You know, the family values. We all love families here. We love babies. We love life. Here in the United States of serfs and lords, don't we? Except we don't. The hypocrisy. That's what we're dying from. 
And we're dying from many things. Hypocrisy, immaturity. It's kind of all, I think, well, it's all related hypocrisy and immaturity because if in order to be a ma- mature adult, you have to be able to re- truly and accurately assess yourself. And Republicans, conservatives, right-wingers, and many DLC Democrats, I'll lump them into that container, they are incapable of looking at themselves accurately. I don't know. We all have blind spots. I'm sure I'm not looking at myself accurately. And other, I try, though. That's why I go to therapy for many years. I wouldn't be alive without, if, if I wasn't at least trying to look at myself. Because I, you guys know, I'm in recovery. You have to look at yourself. I had to look at my life and say, this isn't working. How do I make my life work? I'm don't, I'm I don't want to ha- I don't want to suffer. I want to have a successful life. And what is the definition of success? Happiness, security, friends, community, helping others, making the world a better place. I think that really is what matters. Not being a douchebag not being a selfish prick. Yes, Jim on the chat. Selfishness. This is another of our failings. Yeah, having patrons. <laughs> That's another thing that matters to life. Oh, look, here comes somebody. Sin City. Hello. Hello, Darth. Is Covert White Rabbit still in the chat room or did he leave? After I, I don't know, said something. Who's to, who knows, who cares? What do I care? I need to, I really have to assess this. I need to take an inventory of this. Why do I care? Why? Why? Because I do care. I guess it's because I put in a lot of time and energy and what are you going to do? things. It's frustrating, I suppose. That's probably why I'm frustrated right now. Because I do... It is frustrating. So it triggered... A, it tickled the nerve. It hit a raw nerve. You understand? When someone pops into the chat room and is like, yeah, there's nobody here. And I'm, it kind of hit my raw nerve. That's already raw. It's been raw. I was raw. I had a raw nerve coming out of the womb. So, the the nerve is that I want, it is a frustration of mine. Hopefully that'll be remedy eventually. The more the show grows, I guess the less I whine about it. And I would accurately assess this as whining, yes. Because who wants to listen to this shit? It takes time to build a following. The right-wingers are artificially funded. Yes, exactly. But time, I mean, you ain't kidding. Trust me, I know. I've been doing this a while. 
Thank you, Shannon, for your super chat. My hero, Tara, to the end. Thank you. See, somebody cares. Somebody likes me. I was just, Shannon, you missed it because I was just uh, explaining to everybody because one of our frequent listeners and viewers popped into the chat room before we really got going and said and remarked how sparse it was. There weren't, there weren't many people there. So it hit my, my, my last nerve. It's not really the comment. It's that it is something that annoys me. Okay. It does. Not that it was said, but that it's it's a thing. Yeah. It's frustrating building this thing is and it's not just the show that it reflects a larger frustration in life that this country uh, of about this country that w liberal media has to struggle it's the truth if i were sitting here spewing the corporate line i would get funded that's what they do they would i would be on fox news they'd reel me right in there i'd be on a panel on fox news then i'd get money from who knows the uh the mercer family most they're they are one of the um one of the billionaire right-wing families that fund the right-wing media they know that they have to do that because they have nothing they don't have reality on their side they don't have truth justice and the american way on their side so they take uh, they'll take their uh, uh, their obscure stars off the corner of the internet and propel them and help them. That's why you Google, like we were talking uh, with um, Jeff Waldorf the other day from TYT Nation, and oh, yeah, trust me, who shares this frustration? We we do the same thing, so uh, we have spoke about it, and. On that panel that I was on, with that Minds event with the that was um, a bunch of right wingers. I was on a panel with Lauren Chen. You Google Lauren Chen, and you'll see her on Fox News. Because not because Lauren Chen is some amazing scintillating commentator. It's because that's what they do. They understand that this is a game. Well, they know that it's a game because it's not a reality. It's not, it's not reality for them. Their game is getting people to vote against their own better interests so they can turn America into an, in, uh, into an oligarchy, period, end of sentence. And that's what they're doing. They are successful. They own the media. And they also, they understand that in order to own the media, that everywhere people go, they have to encounter their message. They have to encounter the right-wing lies, you know, about whatever it might be. Caravans, welfare queens, uh, freedom, bullshit. 
confusion, confusing the American people into thinking that they're not free unless billionaires can ride them to the bank unfettered by the pesky government and that government is the problem. That's what they want to hear. So when, if you go on YouTube, you might just be an average American. They want you to encounter the likes of Lauren Chen, Tommy Lauren, Diamond and Silk, all of them. They look at look up Diamond and Silk. You see them, they take them from their obscure little YouTube channels and put them right on Fox News. So that's how it works for them. But for us, we have we gotta do this. We do this. We have to say, please become a patron. I'm not kidding. And this is why we're in the boat we're in, frankly. And I'm sure that, and that's why I, it is a major frustration. It's not just for me, my, my own ambitions. Like I have, this is my ambition. I have a dream to become a liberal, what? I don't know. I do this because, first of all, I would like, yes, I would want to do this and concentrate on this because I believe it's important. But this isn't an act for me. This is, I'm here, I'm doing this because I care. And I want to see, I want to see this country become uh, a more perfect union. I want to see it work for all. I want to see it before I die. I want to see my country become great not a goddamn laughing stock just like i don't know that's just who i am after september 11th i saw the towers fall and i joined the national guard because i felt like i needed to do something i needed to help that's me I see something and I I feel like I can make a difference and I do what I can. Um, and doing this for as long as I've been doing it, I mean, I'm only really doing the show for how long? Not not that long. It started out with the two minute tirades on Progressive Voices. Well, it started with Republican Dirty Tricks, just the website. Then we have the two minute tirades, and then it turned into a hour show. Then it turned into a two-hour show. The only reason I do the shows on the weekends is because I got to work. I got to hustle up work. Unlike Tommy Lauren and Diamond and Silk and Lauren Chen, I don't get a check from freaking George Soros. I don't get a check from the, from, uh, the Mercer family. That's why we're in this boat. You understand? Because our... Liberal media talkers are too... We're, we're overworked. We're underpaid. We're doing it because it is a passion and, and other channels, they get... You get to a certain point. Yes, you can have some success. That's where I hope we can go. So not because, you know, I'm looking for whatever to retire. I'm looking to do something here. And I'm sure that's why you're here, too.
we're we're trying to make a difference and i i 100% believe in what we talk about here and but also that we're we're nothing without media we will get nowhere people say we've talked about this before you should run for office that's not the only way that you make a difference in this country in fact the people running for office they wouldn't they they don't they wouldn't be the um we would have an easier time let me say if we had a liberal media you will you see it you know it look at what happened to the bernie sanders campaign when the entire corporate media turned against it no it was incessantly it was blatant it was embarrassingly blatant. And then they rewrite history. Turn around. Oh, well, everybody just coalesced around. That's the story now. After Nevada, everyone coalesced around Joe Biden because they all said, oh, wow, do we really want a socialist? No, but what happened for real was that you know, South Carolina was always going to be South Carolina. We knew that. But... The liberal so-called media, MSNBC, CNN, all of the corporate media turned their incredibly powerful platform against the only candidate that as was actually would threaten them, threaten their their status, threaten their threaten the goddamn foundations on which this country became the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap and now rated the the worst country to raise a child in disgusting we should all be disgusted by that but it's not surprising when i read these things i'm not surprised are you you know it we live here it's a nightmare. What One thing that's so sad to me, amongst everything else, is that one of the things I do in my spare time, not that I have any, well, I'm doing it all day, I play a game. See, here is the game. It's open. But I'm on a team with people. It's just a little pastime. It's a little, it's a... It's a Game of Thrones game, game that I'm on a Discord community. I, and we talk with people all over the world. Every morning I'll get little orders to put my troops somewhere. You know what I mean? It's not for kids. It's a, a game that's for over 18. And then um, if you're and this community I'm in, it's for adults. So, but it's so... It's uh, it includes people from all over the world, so I talk to these people, I get to know them during this pandemic. One of the people that's on this team, his, uh, he changed his name on the Discord chat to "Thank You NHS." He's from England, and reading his his name, and then we had a conversation over chat. I thought. I, I said to him, your, your name makes me want to weep 
frankly, because I live in the United States. And he wrote back that, yes, he feels so sorry. He sees what's going on. And he knows that he is lucky to live in England. You see, over in England during the pandemic, they're not, even though, oh, they're rated, they're not rated the highest country, the best country to raise a child, but they're not rated the worst. And they have universal health care. And they like it. Although it has everything that has human beings involved has problems, that's for sure. But no one's saying, let's abolish the National Health Service and get what the Americans have, what the dum-dums have. They have problems? If they have problems, much to the extent that the right-wingers that they have to deal with Because we all, that's the human experience. We all have to deal with right-wing assholes. But they're trying to privatize aspects of the National Health Service. And in some cases, they've been successful. Because everything that conservatives touch turns to shit. And you know it. I know it. So they get their hands on it. They don't like it to do anything that doesn't funnel money and power into the arms of the the rich and powerful, they could give a shit about anybody else but themselves. This is a psycho- psychopathy. They are disgusting. And it's a universal thing, but here in the United States of serfs and lords, we're so dumb. There are millions of us who actually believe it. They believe that, you know, the rich, that that's, they think it's fine. They don't even, it's not even that they think it's fine. They don't even think twice about the fact that we are um, the least upwardly mobile. They don't think twice about the fact that Jeff Bezos earned an extra $13 billion in one day. While more and more Americans lost their jobs, another million and a half claimed unemployment, that the Republicans did nothing to continue the benefits that are keeping people a a little bit, their head above water. So it breaks my heart because when I interact with people from other countries and they've say to me, I feel so bad for you. Who wants to be pitied, for Christ's sakes? But we should pity it. We are pitied, and we should be incensed by that. Because every other country, they're looking at us like, what is wrong with these idiots? We allow it to continue. For many reasons, we don't understand that we have, the only power that we have is the power of our unity. And that's why they have us divided. And every time a right-winger continues the game and another asshole falls for it, we get further and further away from the solution. They have us so divided and conquered and it's not just Republicans. We have uh, Democrats, DLC Democrats. Same shit. 
So it breaks my heart, frankly. It it incenses me. And this is why, you know, it also frustrates me that the show isn't growing as fast as I would like it to. It is growing. But yeah, it's not fast because we do it ourselves. There's uh, not enough hours in the day. And I also hate to tell you, um, a lot of... Well, I don't know. Whatever. I was going to say, there are some left-wingers that ain't as left-wing as you think they are. Let's put it that way. That's another thing that makes me want to scream. And they don't do what Fox News does. They're not going to put somebody like me on, let's say, MSNBC... It's you got to know people, and they're certainly not going to put me on there. They, they, I don't know if you saw, actually. Well, before we get back to the article, yesterday on MSNBC, I was watching Joy Reid's show, and she had Michael Moore on. I didn't understand. Later on, when I went to bed after the show, I went on Twitter, you know, just looking around, and. I saw that Michael Moore was trending and I went to investigate and it was all these um, DLC Democrats freaking out. They were pissed off at Michael Moore, at, at Joy Reid for having Michael Moore on her show. Let me see. Hold on. Here's the video. So they were like, oh, Joy Reid has Michael Moore on. Goodbye. And they were really bashing him. Few things make me turn the channel faster than the sight of Michael Moore. Let's see. I don't know who at MSNBC needs to hear this, but if you could measure it, every time Michael Moore comes on, there is a mass switching off of the channels all across America. His talent is long past its sell-by date. And he is just spoiled milk. We don't need conspiracy mongers. Michael Moore is actually supporting Joe Biden and liberals are mad at him. Another person tweeted. I guess they noticed it as well. Somebody, this is another one. I am completely the fuck over Michael Moore. I said what I said. Men I never want to hear from again. Michael Moore. This is an account called Kamala Harris represents me. Men I never want to hear from again. Michael Moore, Jenk Unger, Ryan Lizza, Ryan Grimm, David Sirota. What do they have in common? I don't know who some of them are. I know Jenk. I know David Sirota, of course, Ryan Grimm. They're for Bernie. I, this is what gives me... Um, gives me pause. It makes me a little bit, uh, it, it makes me despair a little bit because I think, is there hope for the Democratic Party? Let me play what, what Michael Moore, well, let's play his appearance. And that's why I'm so, I'm really baffled like what the hell 
Why were they so upset? Let me play this. If I can get it. Let me. I said, let me play it, goddammit. Let me live. For God's sakes, let me live. Here we go. ...demise at this point. The last two weeks have to be two of the most extraordinary weeks that a, uh, a, a president has ever uh, had. In, in the sense that it's taken him for those from, on the podcast uh, that is tony schwartz talking the right the ghost writer of, of art of the deal in the history of politics yeah i mean you know and michael i know you i i, I assume you want to get in on that i mean you're, you're giggling so I, now you have to talk about it really well quick. i just i i want to caution everyone do not underestimate the evil genius that is Donald J. Trump. Um, there are many examples throughout history, whether it's uh, Henry V facing the French on St. Crispin's Day. They outnumbered him four to one, and uh, he was supposed to lose, and he didn't. And uh, Or jump ahead to the 1995 NBA playoffs. The Knicks are ahead with 15 seconds left, way ahead of the Indiana Pacers. And Reggie Miller scores eight points in nine seconds with 15 seconds left. And that was, you and everybody deep, but you had to was go like, there, didn't you? You had to go well, there. Well, I'm just, I know it's tough for New Yorkers you had to, to, have to remember that. That cut this, me deep as a Knicks fan. That hurts. I know. But but that's, that's my point, though. All that the hurts. Knicks fans sat there so overconfident. You know, licking their chops. Yeah. Oh, we got this one in the bag. You cut me and deep, then, Michael. Boom. Mm. I, boom. I thought I'm we were just, friends, Michael. I thought we were friends. I thought we were friends. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's, but hold on a second. No, but, you know, let's take us back. Shut up with this is, sports shit. Yeah. Well, no, I want to take us back because this is kind of a reunion here. Uh, the, the, three, the first time that we yes. actually met, all of us uh, were all together at the same time. I want to show a little uh, a still here. This is the three of us. We were on real time with Bill Maher oh, together. Wow. Um, this was the first time that I really had a, a lengthy conversation with either one of you gentlemen. Uh, I think we have the picture here. Maybe I should write a homophobic article and then, well wasn't an article maybe i should say i was hacked and then i'll get on msnbc i can write some anti-gay article about myself how i hate myself being for being gay and how disgusting i am or something and then i can say i was hacked and then maybe i'll get they'll put me on msnbc in a prime time spot we were on this show, and I want to play back. Uh, there it is. There we are, all sitting there together. Um, look at us. And uh, uh, right, we look great. There's Dan Savage. Dan Savage. Yeah, all of us youngsters on there. Let me play what you said. This was on July 20, 2016. This was so memorable to me that I actually put it in my book. Um, take a listen. And I have to say, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry to have to kind of be the, the bus kill here so early on, but I think Trump is going to win. I, I'm sorry. I live in Michigan. Let me tell you. Let me right. tell you what he's. No. This, he's going to. It's going to be the Brexit strategy. The, the middle of England is Michigan, Wisconsin, right. Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Okay, Michael, um, and you were right, and you know I was wrong. I, I fully admit that I was wrong, and you were right. Um, and you you named specific yeah. states. Well, I wanted to be wrong. Um, that you believed he would win the Brexit states. Well, I know, I know. But let me show you the newest Fox battleground poll. Let's put it up These on the polls. screen. polls all day. The polls. Biden is up nine. Pennsylvania. Biden is up 11. Minnesota. Biden is up 13. The other thing that you said to me, uh, that you said to us on the show, was that 
Hillary Clinton presented coming up Pete Buttigieg voters the idea that the change it says on the lower third first there'd be you know the black there was a black president now there's gonna be the woman president then there's gonna be the gay president then there's gonna be everything other than a white male Christian president (laughs) and Biden isn't that right so Biden is not that kind of thing that scares those voters the way that Hillary did do you still feel despite those polls the same way that, that Trump will still win despite all of this no, I don't. No, I no. He should lose. I'm just saying, we've been fooled by polls before. These yeah. are national polls. Now you just cited three state polls, and yes. but there's a lot of time still between now and November. Listen, Trump has got a number of tricks up his sleeve to suppress the yes uh, to try and postpone the election, blaming the coronavirus uh, to any of a number of things. Uh, where he will he will try to weasel his way out of this and our side and joe biden joe biden i think you know honestly if i were advising him uh i would tell him just to start running the country right now just act as if you are the president now that means nobody can you know assume the election's over everybody's got to show up to vote and bring 10 people with them but right now every morning we could have a morning meeting with with joe biden from the base the basement's fine nobody should ridicule the basement we want him safe he's doing the smart thing and have the morning meeting with america tell us what are we going to do today to save this country and then at night sit by the What's, fireside this is why i don't understand and, and the do the outrage because that really is when you see that that emotional caring uh part of him in the in the just a couple of few times i've met him that's the real deal that is you're seeing the real deal there so i think that it it would be inspiring and why wait till january 20th we need to hit the ground running we -hmm. can't even lose these these uh five or or, uh six months that we have right now so if he started running and and started saying you know like they have in parliamentary systems with a shadow government where the opposition party right has a shadow attorney yeah. general. If he started exactly doing this and, what the hell? and saying this is what I would do, and that is a political speech. But actually, now I want to ask you, my right. fellow Americans, today, this is what we're going to do. Right. Uh, yeah. There's going to be a second wave of but, this virus. Yeah. We're going to run out of PPE, and and I need all of you right. to join with me to make sure we have there PPE you go. Every, everywhere. Well. Yeah. Okay. That's why. I, when I was watching this, it seemed like pretty reasonable advice. Don't dance in the end zone yet. Trump is a wannabe dictator. He's a con man. He's already setting it up that he will um, contest the vote. He's already, he has signaled this already. He's saying how... Mail-in voting is uh, is cheat cheat voting, and we know he's bullshit. He's not doing this for um, because he's kidding around. Have we not been paying attention? He wants to steal the vote. He does not want to concede, as even Michael Cohen said in his testimony, that Trump, if he loses, won't go peacefully there will not be a peaceful transfer of power that's exactly what he said so when i saw that michael moore was trending and the majority i'm telling you 95 percent 
of the people on Twitter who were who were talking about this appearance on Joy Reid. They weren't happy. They were like, get him off. F you, Michael Moore. Just F you. Why? It's baffling to me. And it also makes me really concerned. Yet again, these DLC corporate Dems, what is it about reality that they can't handle? It's sort of like the Trump Z's in a way. Reality has such a liberal bias. Well, we were right because you know why? I'm telling you, the reason why they're like F you to Michael Moore is because in their narrative, they've been listening to Hillary Clinton who thinks she can't, uh, in spite of everything, she can't believe that she lost to the most disgusting human being on the planet. Yes, she received the most votes. Well, if that's the case, yeah, we know that. And I say it all the time. And I, and I also encourage the Democrats to continuously harp on it. Twitler is illegitimate. He's squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes. That's how they should address him. The president, despite receiving fewer votes. You want to do something about the Electoral College? You continuously remind the American people that the Republicans are in office without the, the uh, mandate of the American people. And I'm also talking about... Mitch McConnell, and every other Republican that you could even think of. They all, they're squatting in their positions despite receiving fewer votes. And because of their dirty tricks, gerrymandering, voter suppression, you want to change things? Then that's how you have to, you have to continuously fight like that and remind the American people. Trump is an illegitimate president, but... In the narrative that Hillary Clinton is sowing for herself, I know that it's hard for her to believe. It's hard for us to believe. I don't believe it. It sucks. But she has to, that's why she attacks Bernie. That's why she can't let go. It's the Russians that put her, that made Twitler president. It's Bernie bros. They didn't get in line. It's all of the above, I suppose. Yeah, the Russians helped. They inflicted their psyops campaign, but that didn't, you know, I mean, really, it's it made a difference. I do believe they help because they sow dissension. They sow misinformation. They activate the assholes. They flood Twitter and all the social media with their, with their bots. They keep this country divided and ignorant and stupid. Well, same thing. Well, maybe not. Stupid is... Ignorance is curable, I guess. Stupid is... It could, I don't know. What's the difference? Uh, who cares? Either way, it sucks. Either way, it's tediously boring. And very, very, um, and very Republican. But, yeah, she's annoying. It's not Bernie bros. In fact, in my opinion, I've said it before, I'm sure it's going to piss Michael Deason off, but I think Bernie would have won. In spite of all of the dirty tricks and the PSYOPs campaign from the Russian intelligence services and everything else.
voter suppression, because you would have to overwhelm the vote. And who's, um, who's inspired by I'm not Trump? That's not as, I mean, maybe it's working now because Trump is such a, he's, it's, well, honestly, we can't dance in the end zone. That's the truth. So it is the pandemic and the chaos and the, the cities inflamed and the fascist Gestapo running through the streets, all of this. If not for the fact that we have this such such an an unbelievably uh, obvious right on right there on display how inept and incapable these Republicans are, you know it's it's still not in the bag for all these all of the dirty tricks. They're not they're not kidding. They want. They will steal this election if we give them, if we allow it. But it doesn't, uh, it, it really doesn't make me feel good about the Democratic Party in general. First of all, what it annoys me saying Nina Turner gets me kicked off their, their vote. I can't get uh, Joe Biden alerts anymore on my phone because they opted me out without me asking because I said Nina Turner. I responded Nina Turner to the question, who should Joe Biden pick for VP? That that really makes me want to say, fuck you. And it goes to show you what we're dealing with. What are we asking for? We're not, well, F this asking, we're demanding. What do, I have to ask again, please, if you're a Democrat and you're a moderate Democrat, this is why I want to ask, and I hope somebody responds with this. What do you stand for? What is it? What does it mean? Because I'm really baffled. My entire life I thought that being a Democrat meant that you were for the American working class. Of all races, creeds, color, whatever the hell, religion. That's what I think it means. Taxing the rich. Regulating corporations. Not allowing banksters to ride the American people to the bank like borrowed mules. But the older I get, the more it seems that the Democratic Party, because they are in, they are bought and paid for by the same big moneyed interests, their only interest is being a little less uh, egregious about the corruption, a little little kinder. They like outward displays, like walking across the Edmund Pettit Bridge arm in arm. What does that do, though, for the bottom line of, the, uh, of us? How does that keep us a more perfect union? Outward displays of, of unity? Well, where's the legislation that leaves no one behind, that says... We are truly in this together. 
just like Social Security. That's why they can't touch Social Security, because it belongs to everybody. Rich, poor, black, white, gay, straight. Whatever neighborhood you're in, wherever you were born, in, if you were native-born or not, it belongs to everybody. Everybody in, nobody out. That's why they can't touch it, even though they're trying. Well, that's what they're doing now, undermining Social Security with their attack on, uh, this is what they're doing in a pandemic, trying to attack Social Security, trying to cut the, uh, the payroll tax. Like, that's exactly who they are. Never a wrong time to kick your goddamn legs out from underneath you. But that's what I want to ask the Democratic Party. What is it? What is it that you stand for? It seems like you're pretty intolerant of any dissension, sort of like the Trumpanzees, frankly. What did Michael Moore say that was so outrageous to you? What hurt? Show me where it hurt. Exactly. Where? What did he say that was wrong? He was saying Joe Biden's at his best when he's being the empathetic uncle, the one who feels our pain or whatever the hell. That he should have a morning meeting. It's all good ideas. Start governing now. Be that person that the American people turn to. And then when it comes down to voting, it will be a natural selection right there. Okay, we want this guy. We don't want this chaotic asshole that doesn't know what the hell he's doing and lies about it. For God's sakes. For example, I told you guys, somebody actually sent me an email. I don't, I'm not going to respond to this. What am I going to do? Listen to my show. They wrote me an, um, on Facebook. You say, let me find this fucking thing, actually. Where did they write me? They wrote me at the RDT Daily page. So many pages. So so annoying. Keep up with all the pages. Where the fuck is it? I'm sorry, guys. That's why I need a producer. I say, please become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin so we can have a producer. Well, whatever. I'm producing it. And in the meantime, you know, I could say, hey, give me that letter that somebody wrote. Anyway, whatever. I'll just su- summarize it. It wasn't a long letter. They just wrote to me commenting on my commentary on John Lewis's death. I guess they didn't like what I was saying. That Because I basically said, okay, we get it. That's great. John Lewis, John Lewis got on my nerves. First of all, for the reason uh, I will explain in case you missed it. He... I I um I completely um agree and I am grateful for him putting his ass on the line when he was a 17-year-old young man and in his youth 
getting his ass kicked and not giving up, being on the vanguard of the civil rights movement. That took courage. That took spine. And he certainly paid for it with a couple of beatings. Absolutely. Good for him for not giving up and for showing the way and for being that power example, for showing the brutality of the racist-ass goddamn system of apartheid that this country endured, that the people of this country, all people, especially our African-American brothers and sisters, of course. But I contend that when any racist system is sick, the person who is doing the beating is just as sick. Not sick. I wouldn't call the people being beat sick, but the whole system is sick. And that, that person beating the other person for demanding a seat at the table in this democracy, quote-unquote, this fake-ass aspirational democracy, that person is... As a, is oppressed too. I won't say as oppressed, but it is really. It's because it, it's a game. The whole thing is a game. Meanwhile, the it, it it is a game of divide and conquer. So the one doing the beating, it's sort of like all the idiots in the Civil War, all of the Confederate effing traitor soldiers. Yeah, they, they they all say, oh, my ancestors didn't own slaves. Yeah, they were, they were useful idiots. Racist-ass, useful, useless idiots who did the bidding of the, the people who, you know, hey, as it is all the time, and like the Trump bandies at the Nuremberg rallies today, cheering their own demise, pining, like a battered spouse pining for an abuser. Uh-oh. I see that the we're buffering. Buffering. Oh, shit. What's going on? What? Are we buffering? Are we back? Is it gone? Was it buffering for you? Are we back? I saw all of a sudden the thing going around and around. That's why I rent. It's a rent. You know, you got to do a you got to do a subscription. There's a thing called restream. It's supposed to not buffer. Cuz I stream to restream. Restream disseminates the signal to all these places. Otherwise, it wouldn't be able to go out. It's supposed to prevent the buffering. But hopefully, we're back. So annoying. Life is so annoying sometimes. So, all right, let me get back to what I was saying. I don't know where we it started buffering, but... So, somebody wrote me saying, you said that John Lewis basically wasn't a... F- wasn't uh was a hypocrite or i I don't know if i i didn't say it like that i don't think that that's what they said they said that um that he didn't do much that he was ineffectual (laughs) so please explain this is what they wrote like i'm gonna sit there okay 
watch the show, for Christ's sakes. That's why we do the show. I don't have the time to respond to you personally. You heard the show, so you wrote me. Okay, great. You don't like what I said? Now I have to explain? I thought I explained it at the time, but let me explain again. The reason I say that, yeah, I really commend him. That's great. You were a young man who put your ass on the line and you got beat for it. And in, and instead of slinking home, you went back out there and say, and you did it again. Let's And you kept pushing and you ran for political office. And you got to be a senator. Good for you. That's good. Here's this ad. Is it good? Okay. This is where I start getting a little, all right. Well, maybe this is why I thought, well, maybe when you get into power and you're in the Senate gym and you're in the Senate sauna with Kevin McCarthy and your good friend who brings a human being into the into a hearing, uh, into the Michael Cohen hearing, in fact, to say, uh, look, here's a black woman. See, no racism here. No racism, no racism in the Trump organization. Because look, there's a black person. He hired somebody who's black. So there you go. He dropped the mic, I guess. In his mind, he was like, see ya, gotcha. Booyah. And uh, Rashida Tlaib mentioned, hey, I I don't appreciate you bringing in a human being as a prop. And then John Lewis, oh, well, first Kevin McCarthy, because this is what happens. Whenever a white man, a powerful white man especially, gets caught in the act of being themselves or gets called out, for being a racist asshole, what do they do? They go on the defensive. And if they can't find an appropriate response, they feign offense. They even will muster some tears. That's what Kevin McCarthy did. I'm not a racist. No, they're all never racists, are they? Even uh, Lester Maddox, the racist goddamn governor of Georgia, remember when we played the Dick Cavett show clip? He was both, I'm not racist. I'm all about all people. I, I think of all people. I'm not racist. I had a diverse cabinet. Even, I'm not ra- Um, What did he say? Oh, well, he's the guy who literally shut down his own restaurant because he didn't want to serve black people when they were integrating lunch counters. So he he shut down his own goddamn restaurant, then abide by the law. That's because he's not racist, right? So I ask you, he had the most diverse cabinet and Dick Cavett patted him on the back. Oh, yes, I was really impressed about the diverse cabinet that you had. But that was 40 years ago, and here we are today. Show me what that did, what it did to have a diverse cabinet. Was any legislation passed? And then 
the what's his name? Jim Brown, the football player, retorted to him, saying, "You must have uh, gotten into big trouble with all the racists." When you, after all, you're doing so much good work for the black person. Um, yeah, no, actually, he didn't get into trouble. So that was the point. He was calling him out. And I'm kind of calling it out, too. What? Okay. Where are we? What's changed? They, uh, they call John Lewis the what the conscience of the Senate? What good did it do? Where are we? The Republicans, not even in his memory, would they fix the Voting Rights Act. They're still sitting on it, putting out platitudes, emails, tweets about how much, how honored they were to walk across the Edmund Pettit Bridge with John Lewis arm in arm. Give me a break. This is what I'm talking about. Platitudes aren't policy, my friends. And they, it might, it does matter to a degree. I get it. How people are portrayed, the symbolism matters. It does. But symbolism cannot be the end of the story. It can't stop there. But that's what I fear in this country, that it stops. They point to the platitudes as progress. It's like when I was younger, I used to do a lot of activism work with the, um, I'm not sure if you, you may have heard of it, ACT UP, the AIDS organization, and another one called Queer Nation when I was younger. And... We, for, um, there was a campaign going on at the time about outing, and there was a lot of controversy as well uh, in the gay community, people arguing back and forth about the ethical ramifications of outing celebrities. There were many celebrities that the gay community itself knew, and me as part of the gay community, many gay celebrities that we knew, everybody knew were gay. For example, Jodie Foster. Everybody knew Jodie Foster was gay, except maybe people who weren't gay. In the gay community, it was well known that she was gay. Who else? Um, Ellen DeGeneres, of course. And Rosie O'Donnell, another one. Remember her crush on Tom Cruise? And... There was this whole campaign about um, there were some posters that were plastered all over New York City about um, outing, outing these different celebrities. One was Jodie Foster because she did that. Well, the movie I enjoyed, actually, Silence of the Lambs was a really great movie. But the character of the of the serial killer, they um, in in the grand tradition of making a a monster even more monstrous by making that monster gay. That's what they did. They made him a cross 
cross uh, transvestite with a gay lover that he had killed, I believe. And, and well, according to the notes of Dr. Lecter, or something like that, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. And one of the things, Michelangelo Signorelli wrote an article about Jodie Foster outing her and saying, you know, it's one thing for you to be in the closet, but it's another thing for you to make make movies that harm the gay community. And in fact, Jonathan Demme, the director, he made the movie um, Philadelphia with Tom Hanks and Antonio Banderas as a public apology for the gay character, for the uh, Jamie, what is it, Jamie Gum or whatever, uh, the serial killer character in Silence of the Lambs. And anyway, I remember in New York, there was a whole bunch of people fighting about, you know, debating. Is this ethical? Is this appropriate? Do we have the right to out people? And others were arguing. And and frankly, I was one of the people that were like, out these mother effers, out them. Right? Because... If everybody at the time turned, if everybody who was gay all of a sudden turned purple, there would be no, I mean, it would be harder to discriminate against gays. That was my position because it, 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 it's goddamn true. And we see what has happened. It started with people coming out of the closet. And I remember, you know, I'm old enough to remember when, remember the show L.A. Law? And there was a character on L.A. Law who was gay. And then she, it was um, one of the, I don't remember the name of the character, but the, the, she kissed another woman on the show. It was a very platonic-looking kiss, in my opinion. But that's what happened. It was a big controversy. And it was horrible, and uh, no, kids shouldn't watch it, or anybody should watch it. It's, everybody was up in arms. It's the, de- it's the decline of Western civilization. But that's all of that that, that happened. And then you had um, Ellen DeGeneres finally came out of the closet after everything was safe, after all the work was done. She admitted she was gay. Rosie O'Donnell, the same thing. We could still go back. You could find, I'm sure, on YouTube clips of the Rosie O'Donnell bullshit about her swooning over Tom Cruise. But my point about all of this is that, yes, symbolism matters. Visibility matters. For example, Joy Reid, I, dis- I may not agree with her, on many levels, her body language expert, her homophobic diatribes, and her fake ass pretending she was hacked, the bullshit. But the fact that she is a prime time, uh, I don't know what, what do they call anchor now on a major media network, that is pretty good for for visibility and and for young people growing up young black girls seeing that 
and us and human beings, other people, everybody's seeing that. It's important to see the whole uh, wide range of humanity, not just, I mean, and that's why it's, it's really a step backwards. What we're experiencing now with the Twitler administration and the Republicans in general, what they're doing to the United States, not reflecting the diversity, which is really our strength. They think it's a weakness, but it's our strength. And all the people that they're shoving on the courts, the majority of them are white men. Haven't we had enough of white men? I mean, honestly, haven't white men haven't had enough of white men in charge? Christ almighty. So I do get it. It does, it, things matter. Visibility matters. Sh symbolism matters. But then it has to be followed by policy. And you didn't see the gays, the, the, the gay community stop and say, okay, we're done here. Ellen's out of the closet. We're great. No, you keep pushing and fighting and fighting for policy, laws, whether the American people are ready or not. So when, I don't know, let me just play this, uh, this, this video, this promo from MSNBC. It kind of sums up my irritation. <laughs> well, when I saw it, I was just like, uh, where the fuck is it? Here it is. Sometimes I hear people saying nothing has changed, but for someone to grow up the way I grew up in the cotton fields of Alabama, to not be serving in the United States Congress, makes me want to tell them, come and walk in my shoes. We have come a great distance in this country, but we still have a great distance to go. Okay, so you did it. You made it. Wait, hold on a second. Uh, I'm looking at Facebook. I, I, all right. The, you guys on YouTube, I generally pay attention to the tweets there. Uh, not the tweets, the text. And then I also have this thing called Restream Chat that I could see some of the Facebook comments and Periscope and somebody just tweeted, not tweeted, I keep saying tweeted. Ryan writes, guess what? He writes, MAGA. <laughs> MAGA. <laughs> Did you just lay a f poopy, Ryan, in your diapy? That's what it's the internet equivalent. MAGA, how is making America great going when we are actually the worst? Oh, no. Oh, that must all be liberal lies. Li the reality has such a liberal bias. Anyway.
MAGA. It's so irritating. Why do they have to be so irritating? Do they ever have anything intelligent to say? I think if if a Republican, a Trump and Z, one a fascist, GOP fascist, if one of them ever showed up and had an intelligent comment, I would literally faint. I would. I would be shocked. MAGA. That's all they do. Trump 2020. What, what do you get out of that? What is the payoff to be the lick spittle, the eager dupe of a con man? What does that get give you? Begging for a trickle? Do you, you fantasize about Twitler meeting you for a beer and trickling on you? Or maybe you'll be a billionaire one day, just like him. If, well, just like he pretends to be. If only. Maybe you could pull yourself up by your bootstraps and marry a billionaire. You could be a trophy husband. MAGA. Yes, Andre on the chat. MAGA, massive American graves for all. MAGA. These are people that are not that swift, okay? They're not, they are really the beaten dogs of, of democracy, and they like it that way. Beat them, beat them, whip them, make it harder for them, make it harder for the rest of, the, of America. Turn this country into a, into a smoldering husk as long as... A few rich people look at them and, and say, uh, and they could say MAGA. There's always been, at for in every period of American history and human history, there have always been idiots who pine for their oppressor. They do. They were in the ghettos, in the Nazi concentration camps, in the uh, in the ghettos of Poland. You had Jews who worked with Nazis to keep their fellow, um, the fellows who were in the same boat, keep them down, as long for a little bit of privilege, a little bit of uh, pat on the head. But that's who they are. That's who Trump and Z's are. They are real. I mean, they hate this country. That's why they put an idiot in charge. They don't like, they ha I mean, really, we can dissect it. I've had enough therapy. I can, they're not that hard to unpack, these idiots, the MAGA crowd. They're easily, well, what it is, is they are, they're racist, okay? It's that deadly combination of being fearful. Uh, well, it all, it, it mixes in. Because to be a racist, you have to be, and they've done studies, low effort thinking with low IQs are generally racist. Because they're fearful. Others, scary, scary other people. 
not like me. Oh, I'm f afraid. And thereby, they're easily manipulated by con men. These are the Trump University graduates, the Trump Network vitamin guzzlers. We've, we've seen Trump. We know Trump. We know who he is for generations. We also know the Republican Party. What do they get out of the Republican Party? They get the permission to be racist. That's what it is. They get the permission to be as ugly as they want to be. Forget the upward, the upward mobility. Forget e pluribus unum. Forget uh, pledging your life, fortune, and sacred honor to each other. No, 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 no. That's too much freedom for them. They can't be free. They can't handle living in a country with people who are diverse, who believe different things, who have a different experience, have a different American experience than they do. They only... Th that's why when you go to a Trump and Z rally, you might as well... Uh, I mean, that's why they'll, they'll put the one or two black people in the back so they get the, not in the back, I mean, behind Twitler, so he, they get on camera. You see the same people. Bunch of white morons. That's not an accident. Ill-informed, listening to Fox News, the network that, Study show makes you more stupid than people who watch absolutely no news at all. So they like that, but they, it's confirmation bias and they hang out with each other. And then you'll, you just go to any Trump and Z rally. You're not going to meet the cream of the, of society. The idiots. You, I mean, how stupid do you have to be to look around this country to see this, even the, the response to this crisis and think, yeah, I want more of that. I want more mass graves. I want more lies. I want more liberate Virginia, liberate Michigan. Well, he's certainly liberating the American people from their lives that's for sure keeping the undertakers in business how much really do you have to hate yourself to be the eager dupe of a con man somebody who's a tax cheat i mean we have this all the information this is in the records, the public records for decades before the moron ever ever sought public office because Obama made fun of him. Poor thing. Someone they look at this idiot who can he he can't spell. He oh he had the best educations that money that daddy could buy for him and he still doesn't know when to use Y-O-U-R or Y-O-U apostrophe, I mean, Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, right. That's how great, 
How what a big brain he's got. And you're going to vote for that. Well, how much do you got to hate this country? You see, you don't put something that you love. You don't make someone who is incapable. You don't put that person in the position to look over the the thing that you love. Republicans hate this country. They're the enemies the founders warned us about, the enemies from within. You know why? Because they lack the fundamental maturity, the fundamental, uh, well, in every level, they lack the mental acuity, the, the moral, the morality, the maturity to function in a free democratic society. In order to function in a free democratic society, especially one like this, that was built on racism and genocide and displacing and murdering the indigenous population. We are a nation of immigrants, thus. So they don't like that either. They hate themselves, you see? They fundamentally hate what it means to be an American. That's why they're so working so hard to make America as ugly, small, and it and uh, duped as they are. That's why Putin is laughing. It's so easy to make you idiots. Do his do his work for him. Destroy this country for him, from within. Tear it apart. Idiots. Oh, God. It really doesn't really uh, help when I, it, for, my, for my hope. It doesn't give me a lot of hope. Watching, you know what I mean? After all this time, too. You could, I can't see, a lot of people say, okay, I could forgive Republicans for voting for Twitler in the first place. I can't. I can't. I don't forgive somebody for looking at a, an asshole, a con man, with a fake university, a fake vitamin scam, a fake billionaire, a liar, a tax cheat, a dictator-envying con man, and who comes down an escalator saying that Mexicans are rapists. So I don't forgive them for that. They had enough information right there. But I certainly don't forgive them. I don't, there is absolutely no excuse after we see what's going on now. After this, how many more millions have to be unemployed? How many more have to die? How many more have to be sick? These idiots with their ugly fashion abortions, their red, white, and blue American Eagle uh, shirts, these colors don't run. They don't run. Oh, yeah, they certainly cut and ran from Syria, though. 
Oh, God. They make me sick. Yes, they do. Because they're sickening. They are sickening. They are making this country sick. And we all we have the receipts. We got the proof. All right. I didn't want I didn't really mean to go off on that. But when some I really I should probably just ignore these idiots. MAGA. Fuck off, MAGA. Fucking moron. I hope they get coronavirus. I do. That's probably the most patriotic thing they can do is get the coronavirus. So at least they can stop inflicting their idiocy, their stupidity, their racism, their inability to function in a free democratic society. They can stop inflicting that upon us so we can have a society. Maybe they can rapture the F out of here already. Do us a favor or go galt already. Get out. All right. I didn't mean to go off on that, but the, I, the what I was talking about with John Lewis, and I'm sure nobody even remembers, that promo that MSNBC had. Walk a mile in my shoes. I. They say that everything hasn't changed. Well, I say... And we still have work to do. What work? Okay, yeah, we do have work to do. But just because one guy became the senator, that's not... Okay, you had a very um, impressive story. But it's almost like... It, it reminds me of what the establishment, what the elite, what the oligarchy, what this is what they do. They... Hold up somebody who was picked out. You know, all of the huddled masses over here. Well, here's one guy that got, that made it. So that means the system, nothing really has to change then. You see, one guy made it. Out of, out of the, all of the broken system. See, in spite of the broken system, this guy made it. Out of the 320 million of you, this guy's the senator. How could we be a broken system? It's sort of like what John Roberts said about racism when he was undoing sections of the Voting Rights Act that John Lewis got his head cracked in order to enact. And while he was fighting for the Voting Rights Act, that's what he was fighting for. The very thing that John Roberts said, oh, see, look, we have a black person in the presidency. Racism is over. So we don't need Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act anymore because racism's over. That's what he said. Things had changed. And in fact, when they were arguing in the Supreme Court, John Roberts actually incredulously asked one of the lawyers, so are you really telling us that there are some states in the union that are more racist than others? As if this guy doesn't have a grasp of history or reality? Yeah, bitch. That's how they should have responded to John Roberts, the illegitimate Supreme Court justice. And he is illegitimate 
just like the president who appointed him. You see, when you have an illegitimate president who was squatting in the White House like George W. Bush, despite receiving fewer votes and is only there because the Supreme Court put him there, then obviously the Supreme Court justice that he puts, that he rams onto the court so he can F us over. That's the only reason the conservatives are overtaking the court. They're trying to nullify democracy. So, yeah, John Roberts is illegitimate. Neil Gorsuch, illegitimate. Kavanaugh, illegitimate. Twitler, illegitimate. All of them. That's why, that's how the Republicans, I mean, the Democrats should fight. But anyway... So that's why that annoys me that John, I mean, the uh, John Lewis promo. Am I wrong? I don't know. Maybe people are offended, clearly. Sometimes I hear people saying nothing has changed. But for someone to grow up the way I grew up in the cotton fields of Alabama, to not be serving in the United States Congress makes me want to tell them, come and walk in my shoes. We have come a great distance in this country, but we still have a great distance to go. This is a legacy that marches on. All right. That's another thing that annoyed me. <laughs> you want to know why? Because marching, that's what they want us to do. Keep marching. Just march, march, march. March in a fucking circle, you goddamn sheep. March off. March around. March, march, march. Like, get, blow off your steam. That's why they allow it. Oh, we all, we're out here protesting. We're peacefully protesting. How that, how's that working out? I don't know. Peacefully protest. Oh, here's their women's march. Sponsored by Pepsi. Your, um, what else, March? Well, the climate change march. What happened? What about the march against the Iraq war? Nothing. Still went to war. We're still in war. The illegal war. The biggest, the largest march up until that time. And the women's march. Let's do another women's march. How many marching? I'm, I'm, my, I'm marched out here. It's ridiculous. They allow it. One more. Okay, let let the let the dumb sheeple, let the serfs, get it off their chest, blow off some steam. They're not. They're not changing anything. The only thing that's changing right now, the people marching in the streets, because they're not taking it anymore. When they say go home, they're like, F you. And you see what happens then. And so that's why that promo annoys the hell out of me. Some people say that nothing has changed. I say walk a mile in my shoe. Well, aren't you the fucking center of the universe? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm trying not to curse. 
Some people say nothing has changed. Well, guess what? Oh, remember? This is what this country does. Remember when we sent the United States sent Jesse Owens to the 1936 Olympic Games to show Hitler a thing or two? What changed? We still... That was a nice symbolism. It sure is a good story. We had a long way to go. The symbolism, the the platitudes aren't policy. I'm sorry. Just because one guy became a senator, that doesn't mean shit. And honestly, it it bothers me that John Lewis, frankly, gave Kevin McCarthy. Um, he he had to jump to his defense after he brought that prop that human being prop into uh, that hearing uh, uh, saying, Twitler's not a racist. You and I are good friends. See, I'm friends with you, John Lewis. And then John Lewis had to say, absolutely. Not everybody knows that. We're good friends. Well, hey, maybe you should have told your good friend that it's, it's effed up to bring a person as a prop and as she stands there. She also took offense, this woman. She went on the Fox News media roundup because they were all like feigning outrage. Oh, shit. Our using someone as a prop? Well, they Everybody's a prop to them. The goddamn flag is a prop. The troops are a prop as well as pawns. We're all props to these monsters. And then they feign outrage. Oh, my. They get the vapors when they're called out. And John Lewis has to jump to his defense? Not everybody knows that we're such good friends. Why didn't he tell his good friend? Because if you're a friend of mine and I have a blind spot, I expect you to tell me about it. That's what good friends do. So John Lewis could have said to Kevin McCarthy, you're, you were a good friend. And as a good friend, um, yeah, it's not uh, appropriate to bring a person in here as a prop and say, Twitler's not racist. Look, here's a black lady he hired. Which really means shit. And we know that because Twitler also hires or employs undocumented undocumented workers, as all these plutocrats do, because undocumented workers are easy to exploit. They're easy. They don't speak up. They can't. They're afraid. That's why they love it. And they also, they get a twofer. You see, with undocumented workers, because the elites get to get to use them um, and use and abuse them, and they can't do anything about it. And they also, well, the Republicans love it on many levels. That level, they get to abuse them, and they can't do anything about it. They also pay into Social Security and other taxes. And they'd never get anything back for it. 
So, and they also get to use them as a means to divide the American people, to point to them and say, they're taking your jobs. They're, they're the problems, you see? They're what makes America not great. If it was only for the, it's not that the rich are using government like an appendage to their affairs. It's not that they have been able to buy politicians and corrupt government and rig the game so that they always win and we always lose. It's that guy. It's the easily exploited guy who can't fight back. That's your problem. These people... And then the idiot, and the dumb dumbs fall for it. The the morons, the mega morons. Thank you, Haiku, for your super chat. Well, let me thank Jim once again, Shannon. Thank you, thank you, Haiku, and thank you, Egg sixty four. Much love from Chicago, Pterodactyl for life, family. That's right. Pterodactyl for life. It's a way of life. So, anyway, that's why I'm annoyed at John Lewis. Does, does that explain it? I know other progressive shows are, like, singing his praises. I will sing his praises when he, when he deserved it. But I'm also going to say, come on. Let's not be so easily manipulated and led. And let's get real what we're up against. I'm not, it's not okay. Why? Uh, this is why they, the Republicans can get away with their platitudes. Tweeting out how, how wonderful it was to walk across a bridge with John Lewis, but not do anything to protect his legacy. The Voting Rights Act restoring the Voting Rights Act. You know why? Because they don't like it. They want to F up the voting rights of the American people. They like it when you can't vote. That's the point, goddammit. Jesus Christ. And so the establishment gets to look at John Lewis and say, look, see, we, we are, we did so much. Okay, one guy was a senator. Good for him. How about the rest of us now? We're living in a country that is rated the goddamn worst to raise a family. Continuing on with the article. Well, there's a few articles. This one's from the Post. I just found them. Not that I'm endorsing the post or anything, but it's all over. I'll just read the one from the post because that's a right-wing rag, but... So, let's see. U.S. ranked worst country to raise a family by Ben Cost. We get an F for family in case you thought America wasn't experiencing enough turmoil... Of late, the United States has been named the second worst wealthy nation in which to raise a family in 2020, according to the new, a new research 
by the travel site Asher and Lyric. The first time I looked at the data, I was in disbelief. Co-founder Lyric Benson Ferguson said of the findings in Raising a Family Index, otherwise known as the RAFI. The Los Angeles-based mother of two started the site with her Aussie husband, Asher Ferguson, to help people stay safe, healthy, and happy at home while traveling, per the website's description. To determine the most and least family-friendly countries, the couple rated 35 OECD countries part of the Organization for Economic Cooperative... Wait, wait, you know know me. I, I have trouble with words sometimes. Part of the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development Forum, according to safety, happiness, cost, health, education, and time. The U.S. clocked in at an abysmal 35th, sorry, 34th place, just ahead of last place finisher Mexico, whose murder rate jumped to the highest in nearly two years as drug cartels have run amok during the coronavirus outbreak. God damn it. Leading the pack of overall fam-safe nations were Iceland, Norway, Sweden, and Finland. Gee, what do they have in common besides socialism? I think we as Americans are truly honest with ourselves. We might, if we are truly honest with ourselves, we might understand why the United States ranks solidly as the second worst country to raise a family says Benson Ferguson. Case in point, when Red, White, and Blue came in dead last in terms of time, which the RAFI gauged by maternity leave, vacation days, and other factors and cost, as measured by out-of-pocket health spending, cost of living, income ratio, and more. This might as well be the description of Tara Buster, because this is what we talk about all the time. Time off. Paid leave, health care, upward immobility, income disparity, not having a day off, vacation, sick leave, none of this. U.S. has zero. But then I'll hear on Morning Joe how we don't like it like that. We, want, we don't like vacation. We don't take vacation because we're driven. That's what Joe Scarborough says. This is the bullshit that you hear on the corporate media. We're driven? Oh, but he takes vacation. I want him not to take vacation. These effing ivory tower mouthpieces, the billionaires who pay the millionaires to keep telling us that we're driven? Yeah, you're goddamn right. We're driven. We're driven to early graves. We're driven to death by despair. We're driven to uh, uh, go out and get the coronavirus because you can't take a day off. Jesus Christ. It makes me sick when I hear that shit. And it goes on all the time. We're driven... There was a commercial. Remember this? Not too long ago. It got a lot of 
blowback. Who was it? I think it was for a car. Car commercial. Amer oh, there goes the fucking thing again. Why does that happen? It's not on a timer. Oh. I'm looking at someone just sent me a picture because you know you know I feed the cats, the feral cats. We have raccoon problems, but it's what can you do? I like the raccoons too, but we're not really feeding them. But they eat the cat food, and I just got a picture of some one of the guys that feeds them came across the raccoons eating the food. Baby raccoons. Let's see if I could show you. Let me see. If you can see. It's hard to see. You can see their little eyes right there. <laughs> Four out of five baby raccoons eating. Cute. I like it. I'm going to give that a heart. Where is the heart? How come I can't give it a heart? There we go. Bink. All right. Let me see. American car commercial. Uh, how can I look this up? Overworks, maybe? There it is. It came right up. Look, 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 look. Oh, shit. Watch this shit if you want to vomit. Why do we work so hard? For what? For this? For stuff? Other countries, they work, they stroll home, they stop by the cafe, they take August off. Off. Why aren't you like that? Why aren't we like that? Because we're crazy, driven, hardworking believers, that's why. Those Fuck other countries you. think we're nuts. Whatever. We're the Wright Brothers insane? Bill Gates, Les Paul, Ali. Were we nuts when we pointed to the moon? That's right. We went up there, you know what we got? Bored. So we left. Got a car up there, left the keys in it. Do you know why? Because we're the only ones going back up there, that's why. Fucking. But I digress. It's pretty simple. You work hard, you create your own luck, and you gotta believe anything is possible. As for all the stuff, that's the upside of only taking two weeks off in August. Nespa? Oh, yeah, that's it. The upside of only taking two weeks off. Because that's how much, how rich we are. We work those extra two weeks. It's uh, like a windfall. We get to live in a giant house by the ocean with a big pool and have a, a lot of stuff. Disgusting. Here's some of the comments on that video. As an American who works 50 to 60 hours a week, it's sad that so many of my fellow citizens think the point of life is to overwork yourself and that enjoying time with your family and friends is the equivalent to being a lazy bum. That's what the plutocracy wants you to think. 
They want you nice and stupid, fighting amongst each other, and thinking that if you're not working your three uniquely American low-paying jobs, as if you can really ever come close to the standard of living that your grandparents had under the great prosperity, you can't, I'm here to tell you, until we get the government working for the American people and not as an appendage to the affairs of billionaires, as FDR warned. It's unreal. Someone writes, another commenter, look at me, I worked my ass off for two hours shooting this video, and now I can buy six Cadillacs. Someone else writes, I am so happy I'm not an American. And here's another Comment, you work hard and take only two weeks off a year to make money for your CEO. Exactly, assholes. If that's what you think, we're driven. We The stuff? Stuff is the best? What stuff? Put that stuff in, the, in your grave. You can't take it with you. New cars are more important than time off with your family. Lessons of quote-unquote hard work brought to you by a company that received over $11 billion in bailout money. <laughs> LMAO, Ameriproles, this is another commenter, from, not from here, Ameriproles, with a little bit of material wealth being dangled before them in order to make them willing slaves and not spend any time to enjoy life or, in fact, receive many of the benefits of their mostly meaningless work. He's arguing that it's better to have a fancy car than time to relax. Holidays in Europe. I'm French, but it's about the same anywhere in Europe, Germany, Sweden, Netherlands, Italy, and Spain. Most of the time, we do not take a full month off. The majority of people work, uh, take two to three weeks. And this is why I will explain week one. Great. I'm off. I'm happy. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. This is too long to read. Someone else writes, "My this commercial makes me want to buy a Toyota and move to Canada. Having August off ha sounds pretty nice. Thanks, GM. I will never buy your subpar product. Having owned a Cadillac, I'll take August instead. Another comment. Th all of these comments are in a row. I'm not even censoring them, th which is good. It, it shows that people recognize the bullshit now what are we going to do about it another commenter writes work yourself to an early grave to buy a cadillac and pay enough tax to bail them out once the fat cats screw up the top big time what would be a story for wait wait that would be a, a story for majority of people hard work is great but you need to be smart about it make sure you get enough value out of it, not only for your boss. Unreal. So nice being retired, somebody writes. Yeah, well, that's another out-of-reach, uniquely American 
thing that only uh, two thirds of the American people have a hope of enjoying instead of 100 percent. One third can't retire. They will never retire. Jesus Christ. When I first saw this ad, I thought to myself, it was a parody. And then I realized they meant it. What the fuck? And then someone else writes, which is the point of what we're talking about here. This sums it up, too. As if hard work only makes you rich. You're telling me that Jeff Bezos is the hardest working mother effer on the planet? Bullshit. Here's another comment right below. How to brainwash the American populace. Step one. Unreal, right? Really, really unbelievable. Another commenter, I prefer my 30-hour, my 35-hour work week with the mandatory six weeks off paid vacation. Thank you very much. That's someone in France. And here's one right below. I am French and I like 35 hours a week work time plus five weeks of paid holiday every year. The Americans like to be slaves by their choice. Yeah, you're right. Disgusting. How much longer are we going to take it? That's what I want to ask. Are we over this yet? Have we had enough? I know I have. I'm I'm up to my goddamn... I'm up to my aura with this shit. I'm over it. Are you over making Jeff Bezos the world's first trillionaire? What's wrong with this country? That's why they keep us divided. That's why morons, mega morons, they think they, it's not even about getting together to have some kind of coalition. Let's have a compromise. You can't compromise with people who don't have any interest in compromising. They're so stupid. These are people, they get them distracted with QAnon conspiracy theories that are bullshit so they don't see the open conspiracy going on right before their very eyes, which is make the rich richer, period. It's not, there's no uh, tinfoil hat needed. This is as old as recorded history. Make the dummies fight amongst each other. What did Jay Gould say? I can hire one half of the working class to kill the other half of the working class. Yeah, he's right. Especially if they're wearing MAGA hats. Morons. Idiots. I call them useless idiots. Because what do they bring to the table? They don't bring anything. They're boring. They're as boring as every useless idiot from time immemorial. A con man's dupe. 
taken in by by some asshole who played a successful billionaire, a successful businessman on reality TV. You think if Trump's tax returns were so great, we would have seen them by now. He's hiding them. This is a guy that wants you to know what he's up to every second of the day. They want He wants you to know when he's taking a poopy. He'll tell you every little problem he has and whine about it. Poor, unfair, be mistreated Donald. But he doesn't want us to see his tax returns because they're so spectacular. How stupid do you got to be, Trump and Z? This is a guy that has has been court ordered to take and him and his useless spawns have been court ordered to take a seminar on how not to steal from a charity, their own charity that they set up as a personal trust slush fund because it's never enough. As Mary Trump told us, too much and never enough. These are idiots. They are empty vessels of greed. They bring nothing to the table. They're socio- sociopaths. They, everything they touch, they destroy. They are ugly, even in their spare time. Traveling the world to kill beautiful animals? Who, does, who likes to kill beautiful things in their spare time? And they, this is the party that elevates this monstrosity while they disparage somebody like Jimmy Carter, who's 90-something years old with cancer and still building Habitat for Humanity. They disparage the decent. And these Jesus, these fake Jesus fools. Jesus came back today, you'd crucify him again. That's for sure. You hate Jesus. And you hate everything Jesus said and stands for. Somebody else wrote me. This is another thing. I pray for your soul. God have mercy on your soul. Really? My soul. Have mercy on you. Hypocrite. Because Jesus hates a hypocrite. But he certainly likes somebody that helps their fellow human being. Somebody that cares. Somebody with a bleeding heart. A proud bleeding heart. God damn you. We even work for you. Because all the work that we do, you take benefit in. You're the ones who are benefiting from all the hard work that liberals made possible. While whining and crying and trying to destroy it. Who, who fought for your eight-hour workday, for your weekend, while you were pining to be trickled upon? Jesus Christ. All right. What else is going on? Oh, God. Do we get any new patrons yet? No. Let's see. 
No. Son of a bitch. Daisy was the last person to become a patron. Thank you, Daisy. And then Camille. And Mark and Kathleen Harsky. Hartsky. Thank you, Andrew and Darius. That's right. We need more of you. You don't like the chat room? Invite your friends. Well, thank you for your super chats. What else? Okay, I'm not going to do another four-hour show tonight because I'm in a pissed-off mood. Because I am. I really am. <laughs> you guys don't even know. How pissed off I am. Yeah, so let's continue this article. And then, well, call it a night. Let's see. Uh, la, la, la. Despite statistics showing that reported crimes have been on the decline nationwide, the U.S. homicide rate is still eclipsed only by Mexico per the research. And America reportedly tops the list in school shootings. What a, what a surprise. With a whopping 288 incidents from 2009 to 2018, with Mexico placing second at eight. And all other countries recording zero. Yeah, well, only uh, people kill people, though. If this were the case... If it's not guns, it's just people. How free? We're the fucking worst. We're not free because we can't go to a doctor when we're sick. We can't take vacation. You can't take sick leave. You work till you drop. And then you get in, a, I guess, I don't know, you, you hope, hope that, uh, uh, whatever. You don't end up in a mass grave. Thanks to the tr to Twitler. The land of the free also came in fourth, fourth worse for human rights. Here defined broadly across several categories, including protection against enslavement, the right to free speech, and the right to education. It makes you want to weep. The Fergusons attributed the United States' nationwide mood dip to the record income disparities, which is what we talk about here all the time. That's why I ask you to support the liberal media instead of the goddamn corporate media. You want, you want this country to change? You support the liberal media by becoming a patron, telling your friends. I'm not kidding. You know it. Otherwise... It's you don't hear this shit on MSNBC. I'm telling you right now, if I turned on the television for for shits and giggles, what would they be talking about? Twitler and Joe Biden in the polls. You know that. Up in the polls, down in the polls, up in the polls. That's all it is, is one fucking poll after another. 
feel like I'm getting jerked off on a pole. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to curse. I got to stop that. Protection against enslavement. First, fourth worst. Oh, yeah, racism is over. So we're great. We're doing great. The Fergusons attributed the United States nationwide mood dip to income disparities, record income disparities. 20% of, of Americans suffering from mental health issues each year and a suicide rate that has increased by 33%. I've come to the heartbreaking conclusion that America is deeply challenged and troubled and a troubled country, Benson Ferguson lamented. It doesn't, and maybe never did, line up with its own ideology. Yes, 100%. My aspiration is that something will substantially change in my child's lifetime. Only if we make a change. Only if the people are educated. I'm telling you. Here's what's on MSNBC. Well, this was earlier today. It was I grabbed it from as I was watching it because um, it's shocking because it goes on all goddamn day. Um, Quinnipiac has Joe Biden up 51-38. A lot of people are a little bit nervous when they see these kinds of numbers. They think that it doesn't see, you know, Florida's like a two-point state, and it's 51-38 in Quinnipiac. Um, there's also uh, numbers that show that Donald Trump, who carried white voters by 13% in 2016, Biden is now seeming to carry at least parts of the white vote. Do you believe that those numbers are real? Well, first and foremost, congratulations, Joy. Great to be on the readout now in this first okay. week. But listen, to, as to the numbers, uh, as Congressman Jolly will be the first to tell you as well, fellow Floridian, we know race is tight in here in Florida. We actually saw Andrew Gillum with a double-digit lead in the weeks and in the days what leading is to the this election. Baseball? We know how that turned out. So while I think it's indisputable that Biden is ahead, we have to take into account mm -hmm. that Florida will tighten up and probably do so. As you get what the f Does that help anything? All day. Here's a little later on. And in this moment. Yeah, he can join uh, Marco Rubio in the never going to be president uh, club. Very quickly before I let you go, right. um, uh, Fernand, there's a Gen Z poll um, that's out from Brilliant Corners um, that says that the a plurality of voters want to see across the racial lines uh, of minority women want to see a black woman on the ticket with Joe Biden. Who do you think he's going to pick? Very quickly. Who would you have to get if you had to guess? Well, I think the conventional wisdom says Kamala Harris for sure. But again, you know, us Florida boys, we like a potential Florida candidate and Congresswoman Val Demings that I think would electrify not only Florida's minority voters, which we know are very important, but I think around the country as well. So I look at those two and maybe Tammy Duckworth as a wild card. But you put a gun to my head, I say Kamala Harris. All right. How's that working for you? Up in the polls, down. Who's going to... It sounds like they're calling the play-by-play -play of a baseball game or something. Anybody mention the fact that it's record income disparity, upward immobility, the Americans suffering from mental health issues, suicide rate increased by 33%? If this was a sane country that actually wanted... 
that that had a ruling class that wanted to have a functioning society. You think they would? That's what they would have on the show all the time: polls, polls up and down on the poll, like we're being uh, being fluffed up for what? For the slaughter here? I I, mean, I don't know. Death by despair is up. This country is sick. It's not because of a poll. The polls. What does it do for the corporate media to do nothing, to educate no one and talk about polls? Polls mean nothing. Educate people. You want to see the polls change? You want to see hearts and minds change? Inform them, not just what other effing dupes think in a poll. Who wants Kamala Harris? Who wants whatever? Elizabeth Warren or the, uh, there's a a wild card. Tammy Duckworth. Who cares? And then they're going to show me. That's it. Platitudes we can believe in. That's not change. We should all be as outraged. I'm outraged. God damn it. I'm outraged at being treated like an idiot constantly by, by the elites. They think we're stupid and easily manipulated. You know why? Because some of us are. Just like the dumb dumb who tweeted or put his comment on my feed, MAGA, make America great? How great is it to have a suicide rate rising at 33%? How great is it to be the least upwardly mobile? How great is it to be ranked the worst, the second worst country to raise a family? While they talk about polls. Maybe they should get that study. How do you feel ranking the effing worst next to Mexico? That's why we're in this boat. This country has so much work to do, but it won't ever get solved until we educate people, inform them, get them as outraged. And don't settle for some bunch of powerful, rich, elite senators walking across a bridge as the end of the story. It's so great. Oh, a Barack Obama walking across a bridge? Don't you, how do you, are we there yet? Uh, is our suicide rate down yet? Is the income disparity less yet? Are Americans not having to beg on GoFundMe for health care yet? Are we, ab- are we all able to retire yet? Are we all housed and fed and clothed and working decent middle-class jobs? Able to support our families and go on vacation and have a day off now and then? And go to a doctor? Jesus Christ. 
pissed off. Shit. Oh, don't worry. You don't want to support the corporate, I mean, the liberal media. The, you always got Breitbart. Jesus Christ. Up in the polls, down in the polls. Tell me, what, what do you think? He's up by five points. Who would have known? Now he's down. Political correspondent Steve Kornacki. Steve, it's so weird to just read that in a script and to have not ushered in this official clinching of the nomination. Nothing's comfortable anymore, but a pretty sizable national lead and, and in the battleground states, right? Yeah, I think that was the quietest pickup of about a thousand delegates we've ever seen the last couple months. Joe Biden, <laughs> right. very unusual right. uh, primary season ending in very unusual fashion. But hey, you're right. Here we go. General election, it will be Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. We've known this for a while. It's now official. But Biden leading in our NBC Wall Street Journal poll by seven points, 49-42. I think, interestingly, we've had a bunch of different polls in the last week or so. And you've seen some margins that are even higher than this. And if you average all of the polls together that are out there right now, here's what you find. You find Joe Biden leading, on average, by nearly eight points, 7.8 points uh, over Donald Trump, notably if you look at this exact same point in the last four presidential campaigns, you don't see a margin that high. You see Hillary Clinton over Trump in 2016. She was up four and a half points at this point. <laughs> Hillary Clinton fuck? only on one or two occasions and only briefly ever saw her lead over Donald Trump in 2016 get to the level that Biden's is at right now. Uh, all right. Really? How you feeling about this country? How's your poll? How's everybody's poll doing? Unbelievable. Well, all right, guys. We're going to call it a night. Thank you all for hanging out. We're going to... Because I, I said to myself, I'm not going to do another three-hour, four-hour show. I'm in a pissed-off mood. This is not an act. Shannon can tell you. Um, but I do appreciate you hanging out. I thank you for your super chat, Jim and Shannon and Haiku. Thank you. Thank you, Egg64 and Shannon again. Thank you, Malcolm. I appreciate you too. Malcolm writes, a token just because I appreciate who you are. I appreciate you too. Thank you, Haiku. Another super chat and another super chat from Shannon. Jeez, you guys. Doing double and triple duty. I want to thank you all. And, yeah, don't forget, guys. We're going to have our uh, regularly scheduled show tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, right here, with Greg Pallast is going to be the guest He's only he probably spend about twenty minutes with us, but that's still something makes me happy. You guys make me happy. Buy Greg Palace's book. We'll probably be terrified by the time he's done with us, but we should be. Hopefully, it's motivating. 
That's why I hope this show helps motivate you and helps motivate the American people to get outraged, get involved, see the see the scam that's being played out right before our eyes. The the corporate media scam, the elites, the oligarchy, everything that we talk about is really summed up by this ranking here, the United States ranking the worst, the second worst country to raise a family. So how much longer are we going to take it? I got to ask, how much longer? It's disgusting. And if Trump and Z's really cared about this country, if they really wanted to make America great again, they would accept the truth and join us. Join us in the revolution to take back this country for the working class, even them. That's the thing about progressives, normal people. This whole thing, the entire United States, is a progressive initiative. So even the goddamn filthy MAGA crowd, the Trump Anzies, they will, they'll benefit, just like they benefit from Social Security, unemployment insurance. Well, <laughs> all of the hard work that we make possible, that liberals make possible, in spite of the filthy, disgusting, conservative, useful idiots dragging us back and trying to stop us at every turn. So... All right, my friends, remember what I say. We will win. As daunting as it feels, if we stick together, we will win. Because we are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of democracy. I want to thank you very much for hanging out. My name is Tara Devlin, and I will see you tomorrow night.